Welcome back to Historical Figures, the podcast where we talk to historical figures throughout history. Uh, I'm your host, Chase Utley, and I'm back with another special historical figure, as always, William Penn. Hi, William Penn. How's it going? Hello, Chase Utley. Yep. Um, today, we are happily sitting in, the, well, maybe not so happily for you, William Penn. We're in the Oxford Library in England. Um, you sort of don't have a great reputation at this place, isn't that right? Yes, we have a long and problematic history. Yeah, uh, we know. We know um, from your obviously your religious views weren't accepted at this place uh, back no, then. Unfortunately, in your time. Speaking of time, so today is March fourth, twenty twenty one. Every Sunday, as we always do this podcast, um, you were from a very different time, William Penn, and I'd like you to tell us a little bit about that time and uh, about yourself during that time. Of course, Chase. To introduce myself, I am William Penn son of Admiral William Penn, and father of disappointing William Penn Jr. I come from a line of Quakers that originated in England. I am the founder of the Pennsylvania colony, having received a charter from His Majesty King Charles I due to his debts to my father. Well, yeah, I mean, we we all know you as the Pennsylvania. You, um, you founded Pennsylvania all the way back then, and it wasn't, it wasn't called Pennsylvania, right? What was it called? It was called Sylvania. And his majesty decided to rename the colony to Pennsylvania in order to honor me. Some really creative wordsmithing there. Of course. Um, so you are you a sort of, at least in the A-Push curriculum, you are known for a lot of religious tolerance in Pennsylvania. Just tell me a little bit about that and how you ran your colony uh, during that time. Um, I come from a time, a historical period, where there was a highly Protestant England. In this Protestant England, I was arrested several times for being a Quaker and for having my beliefs and ideas due to their belief that my ideas were too radical and I went through a lot. Therefore, when I came to this land, I wished for religious tolerance and freedom for others to practice their faith, just like myself. This liberty of conscience, as I call it, would build stronger governments and wealthier societies, in my opinion. Wow, that's really interesting. Uh, we know... Um, how successful your 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 stronger governments and wealthier societies were um, back then. We know that you were very successful in Pennsylvania, and I just want to know a little bit about your methods, and maybe we can learn a little bit about... So the way I get what I wanted back in my day was through the use of my connections and my reputation in England to get over any obstacles that I had. This happened mainly through two ways, my father and my king. His Majesty was a really big help to me, had a great connection, and as I previously mentioned, he even named the colony after me. We had a great relationship. Secondly, my father, we did not have such a great relationship, but he was a really big factor in my life. Okay, now we're going to get into some of the more uh, the more structured questions here, but first, um, I'd like to introduce our studio historian. Mm -hmm. um, you guys know him from the past 34 episodes, but... Um, we have Jake Carnell, as always, here today as our historian. Nice to meet you, young man. Hey, Chase. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, nice to meet you, uh, Mr. Penn. Uh, so I had a quick question. So we know that Quakers believe that God has a presence in everybody's life and, uh, and that you guys believe that spiritual equality is for both men and women. And uh, you guys typically reject traditional religious ceremonies and don't often have a, an official structure with clergy and whatnot. 
Uh, as a Quaker yourself, how do you feel about how you are represented in the brand Quaker Oats? That's a really good question. I like it. Well, uh, looking at the picture, I believe that the Quaker people on the whole have been ultimately misrepresented in contemporary society. As thou has mentioned, we as Quakers of our time would reject the abomination and mockery that is the logo of Quaker Oats that I see. That is not myself. Thank you, Jake. Uh, that was a really insightful question, and I, I like that a lot. Okay, back to William Penn, the subject matter. Yes. So you've been here a couple of days now. You've sort of gotten a taste of what can t like society today is all about. And I want you to, you know, what's your opinion? How, how does life now compare to life back then? And As a Quaker, you probably already know, I believe in the simplistic lifestyle. I believe in a simple way of life. And as a society, as I see today, is just filled with complex machine and society and um, it would it does not leave a good taste in my mouth, Chase. I dislike the materialistic and superficial society that I see today, and a return to a, a simple way of life that existed in my time should I would I would strongly advise for that. But most of all, uh, the decrease of real faith in any religion of any kind is a terrible path. That that's really interesting. You know, we got a little bit of that in your Quaker Oats question. Um. And I, th I liked that we expanded on that. So obviously, um, I don't know if you've read over the Constitution yet, but in the Constitution uh, in America, the First Amendment right grants the freedom of religion. And that was one of your main things. And I want to know uh, how it makes you feel that your ideas are considered as important as they are today. Well, first of all, I did read the Constitution. Um, oh, yeah, I got, a, I got a chance to. And I got to say, my successors did a... a great job at promoting like my ideals of society however i do assert that the deviation from the crown to gain this liberty of conscience as i call it is of the utmost mistakes that my descendants could have committed huh. it is my belief that the ideals practiced in my colony should have taken a course through the monarchy as opposed to separatism Huh, that's that's an interesting comparison. I like that you know you like what's happened, but you don't like the methods um, what comes this sort of an end justifies the means sort of situation of there. Course. And I want to ask we know you are a devout royalist to uh, the king too. Um, I want to know how back in England, your religious persecution when you got arrested and kicked out of Oxford, um, how did that sort of start your journey and you know how does that affect the decisions you made? It was a very difficult journey, as you said, getting kicked out of Oxford, getting kicked out of my country. Ever since I have taken in the proper way for our Lord, I have been erroneously persecuted for my views. I believe that if we put the trust in our Lord, that he will help us all. With that belief, I joined the Religious Society of Friends, who are now known as the Quakers, and got expelled from the University of Oxford in the process in my second year. But... I did not let that incident get in my way of my beliefs. So I migrated to the Americas eventually through the grant that was given by His Majesty. Yeah, we know. Um, and we it's well documented that you know that was your holy experiment. And we all know that turned out great. Speaking of going back to England, um, you went back to England twice in your time. And normally for us, you know, that's a nine hour plane ride, 10 hour plane ride. But for you, that is a long journey. It's a week's journey. And uh, I, would, I would like to know um, what, what, what made you go back and why, why did you go back those separate times? In fact, it was twice and both times due to personal affairs. 
The first time I went to England, I had to resolve some territorial disputes with Lord Baltimore, and I had to resolve some family problems as well. Both Baltimore and I laid claims to the southern area of Pennsylvania, and Lord Baltimore was upset that I'm that I was trying to tax what is supposed to be my own jurisdiction, but he believed that it was his own colonists. Um, if I could just jump in here, the colonists you were trying to tax were in fact below the charter line set in your charter, um, so you may have been at fault there. I don't know if you knew that. Or not. Regardless, Chase, that is the reason I went. I want to get to our final question here. A push. This everyone takes it through high school. Most people take it. Push is debating whether to keep you as a historical figure in the curriculum. And I would like to know why you think you should be there. And maybe you don't, but yeah, I, I really like that. And I think you a lot of uh, people are talking about removing people from the curriculum that may not be like Christopher Columbus. He was you know, people say he was a murderer and that's why we don't want him in the curriculum. But you have a unique perspective because you are known as sort of the nicer religious tolerance and your friendliness with Indians as well really puts you in a position where it's hard to argue against you for this. While I cannot comment on Christopher Columbus, as a representative of the Religious Society of Friends, now known as the Quakers, I would like to suggest that we were a peaceful society. My people valued nonviolence and built great relationships with foreigners and natives. This was in sharp contrast to the rest of the colonies at the time. Therefore, I believe it is important to pe that people know about my people and their advancements to English society in the Americas. Next episode, we have a very interesting, we have Martin Luther King Jr. coming. Thank you all for listening as always, and I will see you next time on episode 35. Uh